The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. Are you coming back, city clerk? Good evening, everyone. I'm going to call this meeting to order, and uh, we'll get started with a moment of silence before we go to Pledge of Allegiance. Thank you. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. All right, next we'll have roll call. Commissioner Sassi? Present. Commissioner Ruppart? Commissioner Lanier? Present. Commissioner O'Connor? Present. Commissioner Jones? Here. Commissioner Moody? Present. Mayor Bliss? Yes, thank you. Next I'll introduce our interpreter. So if you need support tonight with interpretation services, we have someone here to help. Thank you. Thank you, Mayor. Good evening. We're pleased to provide a Spanish interpretation services this evening. This provides uh, this includes interpretation during the meeting and for those who want to provide public comment. If you're interested, uh, please let us know. Buenas noches. Estamos complacidos para proveer interpretación en español esta noche. Esto incluye interpretación durante la reunión y para aquellos que quieren proveer uh, comentarios públicos. Muchas gracias. Thank you. Thank you. All right, next we'll uh, provide our first opportunity for public comment, this public comment on action items that we're voting on tonight. So I'll ask you to come forward here, share your name, the city that you live in, and we'll give you up to three minutes to speak. All right, seeing none, I'll close that public comment period, and that'll take us to approval of our minutes. These are minutes from December 7th. Can I get a motion? So moved. Support. All right, moved and supported. Commissioners, any questions or comments? All right, all those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed, it carries. Next, that will take us to petitions and communications. Our only petition to the communication tonight is communication received from Marthea Daling Jager regarding affordable housing. That's received and filed. That will take us to reports of city officers. Um, first one is the city clerk submitted the mayor's 2022 standing committees and other commissioner appointments report. That is also received and filed. Comptroller's report for the period of November 24, 2021 through November 30, 2021 in the amount of $13,017,955.71. And that is also received and filed. And the treasurer's report for period of November 23, 2021 through December 1, 2021. And that's received and filed. All right, next that will take us to our consent agenda. So our consent agenda are items that we voted on earlier today in one of our standing committee meetings. So tonight with one voice vote, those items will be adopted. Can I get a motion? So moved. 
All right, moved and supported. Commissioners, any additional questions or comments? All right, all those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed, it carries. All right, next that will take us to ordinances to be adopted and we have two ordinances before us tonight. The first one is an ordinance amending section one of the budget ordinance 2021-13 for fiscal year 2022 amendment number six. All right, can I get a motion? Close. Support. All right, moved and supported. Commissioner O'Connor, you wanna tell us about this? Yes, thank you, Mayor. Just a few items on here tonight. Uh, one is uh, recognizing a grant for the police department for law enforcement, mental health and awareness programs. Uh, second is uh, another grant from the Bureau of Justice uh, Bureau of Justice Assistance for our Bulletproof Vests. Uh, number three is uh, another grant for uh, um, DUI seatbelt and speed enforcement. Uh, we're moving some uh, money around on our fourth item for uh, st street lighting bond revenue that was uh, interest earned from uh, the bond funds that were, uh, had not been expended yet. Um, item five is some ARPA funds uh, related to elevator projects. Uh, item six is uh, an appropriation of some ARPA funds uh, f that we're uh, accounting for for expenses that have already been spent that uh, ARPA funds were eligible to be used for. Uh, and uh, the seventh item is uh, additional uh, future appropriations for ARPA funds, uh, including some uh, expenses which we've recently talked about, which were the Mel Trotter Winter Shelter and uh, some money for Community Rebuilders Coordinated Entry, which we talked about earlier today. Uh, there's no effect on our contingent balance, which remains at $1.4 million. Thanks, Commissioner. Commissioners, any questions or comments? All right, there's a roll call vote tonight. Commissioner Jones? Yes. Commissioner O'Connor? Yes. Commissioner Moody? Yes. Commissioner Sassi? Yes. Commissioner Ruppart? Yes. Commissioner Lanier? Aye. Mayor Bliss? Yes. And Commissioners, can I get a motion to give this immediate effect? Moved. Part. All right, all those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? It carries. All right, that'll take us to our second ordinance to be adopted tonight. And an ordinance amending section 1.2 of the ordinance 2019-57, range changes for the classifications of city manager and city attorney. All right, can I get a motion? A move. Support. All right, moved and supported. Commissioner Jones, will you tell us about this? Yes, Mayor, this particular ordinance is uh, being recommended for adoption of a resolution to amend salary, salary ordinance 2019-57. Uh, the ordinance, in essence, establishes a schedule of annual pay ranges, uh, which shall be the basis for establishing the rate of compensation for appointed officers of the city effective January 1st, 2022. All right. Thank you, Commissioner. Uh, any questions or comments? All right. There's a roll call vote tonight. Commissioner O'Connor? Yes. Commissioner Moody? Yes. Commissioner Sassi? Yes. Commissioner Ruppart? Yes. Commissioner Lanier? Yes. Commissioner Jones? Yes. Mayor Bliss. Yes. And commissioners, can I get a motion to give this immediate effect? So moved. Support. Support. All right. Moved and supported. All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? It carries. All right, commissioners, we have two resolutions before us tonight, and these were added on. So I, uh, city attorney, can I ask for uh, suspend the rules to consider both of them? Okay, so commissioners, can I get a motion to suspend the rules to consider two resolutions? Vote. Support. Support. All right, all those in favor of suspending the rules say aye. Aye. Those opposed? All right, rules are suspended. Um, the first item before us uh, is a resolution. I'll read it. Oh, yeah. It's a. Go. Sorry. No, that's okay. City Commission resolution authorizing entry of participation agreements and partial settlement of the national prescription opiate, opiate litigation. All right, can I get a motion? Some Support. 
All right, moved and supported. Uh, Commissioner Isasi, you want to tell us about this? Yes, thank you, Mayor. So as you mentioned, this was added on as the companion item that is next. Um, this recognizes that our city is one of uh, many state, um, many several hundred state and local plaintiffs um, in litigation related to the opioid crisis. And in November, a number of developments occurred in regards to this case. There, uh, probably just the highlight that I'll share is the details of this national settlement are both injunctive relief, which is relates to how opioids are distributed, marketed, and sold, and monetary payments to state and local governments with an estimated value of $22.8 billion. And 3.4% of this will be allocated to Michigan. Thank you, Commissioner. Uh, City Attorney, anything you want to add on this item? No? Okay. All right. Okay. Commissioners, any questions or comments? All right. All those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed? It carries. All right. That will take us to our second resolution. Uh, City Commission resolution authorizing entry of state, lo state local government interstate agreement concerning allocation of settlement proceeds in the national prescription opioids litigation. All right. Can I get a motion? All right, moved and supported. Uh, Commissioner Ruppert, you want to tell us about this? Yeah, so this is related to the last item, and it just spells out how the money will get allocated in the state. Uh, the money can't be used for anything, but it does have some specifics. But it, it outlines in a resolution the, f the four pharmaceutical companies mm -hmm. that were a part of this um, lawsuit and then how the funds will flow to the state and to local governments. Great, thank you. All right, commissioners, any additional questions or comments? All right, all those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed, it carries. All right, commissioners, that will take us to our last opportunity for public comment. Uh, so tonight, uh, if you have any other items that you would like to talk to this body about, you are welcome to come forward. Uh, we'll open up this public comment period. I will ask you to refer to the meeting procedures there on the wall. Um, and I do want to remind everyone, especially based on uh, our last meeting, uh, that this is a lawful assembly. So it's a, a, a lawful assembly where official city business is conducted. It is an open meeting, so everyone has a right to attend this meeting and to address this body. Anyone who engages in disruptive behavior or disrupts the order of the decorum of this meeting, technically they are, and legally they are committing a breach of peace, and the violators will be directed to leave. So I just want to make that very clear. Uh, I'll open up this public comment period. We ask that you come forward, that you share your name, the city that you live in. You'll be given up to three minutes to speak. We ask that you put your name over here on this clipboard so that we have your name written in the minutes accurately. Hi, welcome. Good evening, everyone, to the commission. Um, I was here last week. I had a concern about a letter that I had received directly from a judge. Uh, it has not been a very easy week for me and my family, as uh, we were, it was a li little, little shaky for us. Um, but I do, I know you asked for a copy of that letter. Uh, I do have a copy of, a of the letter along with a very detailed explanation uh, to accompany the letter so you could understand it better and understand why it was so serious. Um, so I do have this and I have one for uh, uh, Rosalind Bliss and I have one for the commissioners of the Third Ward as they have been, um, they understand what's going on. They've been with us, it's been a year. and. Um, well, thank you very much. That's all I have to say. Okay. 
Thank you. But uh, it's been a very difficult week. It's been a very difficult week. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, Asante, you want to? Or Lou? Thank you. Yeah. Hi. Welcome. How you doing? My name is DeAndre Jones. I stay in the city of Grand Rapids. Uh, I think this is the last city commission meeting of 2021, isn't it? Which is crazy. It's been a crazy year, but I hope you uh, commissioners had a great year. I hope the mayor have a great year. It's going to be a crazy 2022 for sure, for sure. I'm uh, always expecting the unexpected. Uh, for first of all, I'm, not, I'm just uh, doing this out of just my own will, but I want to uh, say something positive about Justice for Black Lives. I, I've been to a lot of their protests, and I personally like their work. Like, I like the work that they do. I like that they stand up for people of color. I can say that with me being in the trenches, I know of everybody that's an entrepreneur, that's a person of color, and I can say that nobody has really held protests when people are um, getting beat up and uh, people are being brutalized. So I definitely want to... Um, commend them on their work because I always say this publicly I've never said anything negative about them and I do commend them on that work because nobody else does that so I don't want you guys to ever think that I have anything negative to say because if I have something to say I will say it publicly or to you um, I also wanted to say that Nature's Relief is actually having their grand opening on the west side it's going to be they're having their ribbon cutting on the Friday and Saturday, but uh, Friday at 9 a.m., Nature's Relief is having their ribbon cutting. And so I know that's in the first word. So the commissioners, I wanted to say that just because I don't know if you guys actually knew that. But um, 9 a.m. Friday, ribbon cutting at Nature's Relief on the west side. Um, also, I just wanted to um, say that it's definitely been a crazy year. I've been uh, putting in a lot of work, and it's just been a great experience to actually come back and actually have these meetings because the first half, of the year we weren't actually able to speak in public and that was kind of irritating because it was kind of tough to uh, have to call in and have to sit on the phone for uh, multiple calls. It's, it was been some long commission meetings where I just sat through and heard so many calls. So it's actually good to be in here in person and I can understand why people actually want these uh, people to be able to call in. But I know for sure, for sure that sometimes that might get overwhelming being on the commission and having people call in and actually having people in person. So. Uh, just continue to market these meetings and let people know about these public meetings. Not saying that I'm against people not calling in, but I know that that didn't make the commission process a lot much, um, much longer. And so I uh, just want to say, commissioners, have a good year. Everybody here, have a good New Year's. I hope everybody be safe. Uh, enjoy yourself and just many blessings to you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you, DeAndre. All right. Others who wish to be heard? My name is Donnie, and I'm, and I live in the third ward. I'm also the vice president for Justice for Black Lives, but like I've said week after week, that's neither here nor there. It's besides the point of where I'm from, or what I do, or what I'm doing for the community. What the purpose of this is is to have documented that we've asked for help. We're asking for help, and I'm we're suggesting how and where we can get that money from. It's not just about money, it's about resources. It's about people needing help. People 
need help and we see it every single day. We're providing those resources day after day and week after week because we see a problem. We come here week after week to say that problem. Regardless of what you do during us asking for help, regardless if you pay attention or not, it's people asking for help for other people. So since I have to break down this term, defund, it means reallocate. Just like Kurt Rupart just said during your, during your vote, reallocating funds. Where does the majority or a good majority of those funds go? $56.4 million GRPD gets to improper use improper utilization of resources. I say it's improper because we get 40 bike cops to attack us. We also get GRPD sleeping in, par in parking lots on duty. We're also getting situations where GRPD constantly says that they're underfunded, but yet if you're underfunded, Please tell me why you have enough money to get volunteers who drive around communities that they do not live in to call the police on something suspicious. I have proof. I've taken, taken pictures and I've also been followed by said van. If GRPD is underfunded, please tell me why that their first concern is in defense for themselves. Their defense for themselves is disgusting. It's so much that they'd rather, instead of defending hum human life, they'd rather give another human the risk for that life. Black Lives Matter. Time's up. All right, others wish period? Good evening. Um, I'm here to ask that you open up the, the right to um, be able to attend these meetings over the phone, make our comments over the phone. Because as you know, even being vaccinated, there's a new variant that has hit the city of Grand Rapids. People are still dying. People are still getting sick. And a lot of people have something to say. They have something that they want to offer but they don't want to have to come down here and risk getting sick. They, they already have compromised immune systems and they just don't want to risk it. Because in order to help someone else, you must first help yourself. And if you're dead, you don't help anyone. If your knees are hurting or your back is hurting or your levels are up or your levels are down, you can't help anyone. Please think about reinstating that for the new year. The weather is getting bad. People's health is getting bad. Now everyone's going into a third round of shots. It's getting bad. Thank you. Thank you. All right, others wish to be heard. 
Hi, um, my name is Allie. I'm the president of Justice for Black Lives. I initially wrote a different speech, so I like to write my speech ahead. I like to know what I'm going to say, but um, due to recent events, had to scrap the entire thing because there's much more important things to talk about rather than um, my issue with a conversation that I attempted to have with one of the commissioners. Um, but I really just wanted to... I know you guys all watch the news. Um, the GRPD nearly shot Breonna Taylor's cousin. And as an activist, as someone who has gone to multiple cities screaming her name, fighting for justice, even locally, with my organization pushing for Breonna Taylor Way, it's very disturbing and upsetting, to say the least, that this even happened. Um, and I understand that the conversation is, oh, it was an accident, accidental discharge. But even that is not acceptable at all, because why do we have police officers accidentally discharging their guns? I've had friends who have been held at gunpoint by the Grand Rapids Police Department. And all I can think about, all I could think about during both those instances is one wrong move, my friend is dead. Now imagine how Dame, Breonna Taylor's cousin, someone who has lost somebody that they grew up with to police violence, and by a hair, almost becoming a victim to that violence himself. Yes, the bullet did not hit him, but it very well could have if he didn't act fast enough. The bullet hit where he was standing. If he wouldn't have moved, he would have gotten shot and most likely and could have been killed. That's concerning to me as a community member outside of being an activist. I live my entire life here. There's police officers who pull over my friends in our everyday lives when we're not coming down here, when I don't have my beret on and, and my jacket. I can't, even when I take this off, I can't take off my skin color. None of us can. And we have talked repeatedly about having conversations with you commissioners, but it's hard to want to have these conversations when we're coming up here and the things that we're talking about aren't being addressed besides the bare minimum things such as what Casey had said about Commissioner Lanier's bun. And by the way, we love your hair. We love your hair. We're not talking about, we didn't say anything bad. We just said that it disappeared at the green screen, which we get it. Technical difficulties happen a lot. But I did send an email to every one of you. I know Mark Washington, I just saw yours um, on the way in and I appreciate that. I look forward to meeting with you all and happy new year, defund GRPD and please make these meetings accessible. I know if you really wanna hear from the community, you would listen and you would listen to these phone calls um, and justice for black lives. All right, others wish to be heard. Hello, I'm Andra. I'm from Grand Rapids. Um, I haven't been here the last couple meetings. The last meeting I came to on November 16th, I came down with COVID symptoms two days later. I'm not saying I got it from here, but the fact that I was here two days before, I could have gotten everyone in this room sick, except all of you up there because you have nice plexiglass partitions all around you in your own safe, sterile bubbles. You're not packed in an open room like we are. You're not sharing and breathing into the same mic. You're not touching the same podium or even sharing the same pen and clipboard. In fact, the last meeting I came to, you didn't even have masks out for anyone. Um, hardly anyone was wearing one. 
Recovering from this virus has been hard and slow. I don't wish it on anyone. We need to bring back the call-in option. We shouldn't be here in person like this, squatched together at all. Last year when you shut down, I didn't know one single person who had COVID. Now it seems like a lot of people I talk to have recently had it or are currently recovering. The problem with this virus spreading is that initially my symptoms were mild. I thought I had a stomach bug. I didn't get tested until five days later when I was cleaning my house and I couldn't smell bleach or Febreze, even when it was right in my nose. I knew I had COVID before it came back positive, but by the time you get symptoms, if you get symptoms at all, get yourself tested and wait for results, you could have exposed a lot of people. You need to take this all very seriously. Defund GRPD. How is it that whenever GRPD targets and assaults a black man, they come back with, we thought it was a stolen car. We got a tip that there were weapons in the car. Only this time it seems like you targeted Breonna Taylor's cousin. And how does an officer's gun accidentally go off when it's in a holster? We need accountability now and we need liability insurance. Drop the charges on all peaceful protesters. Fighting for our rights and for justice and using our voice isn't a crime. Black Lives Matter. Thank you. All right, others who wish to be heard? Good evening, Mayor Bliss. City Manager Mark Washington and to the commissioners. Uh, my name is Casey Cronoli. I live in the third ward uh, with my wife Megan and my daughter Marie and my dad uh, who's here tonight and his dad before him uh, were small business owners here in Grand Rapids and I'm deeply grateful and uh, humbled as well to be able to carry on this tradition uh, in our family only this time it's a little bit different um, a different industry. This is the cannabis industry. I own and operate a small retail uh, shop off uh, called Farmhouse Wellness and it's located at 831 Wealthy Street Southwest. Uh, Farmhouse Wellness is 100% locally owned by myself, a Grand Rapidian. Uh, we were the second entity to open for uh, open our doors for medical cannabis sales in March of 2020 and we were the second retailer to acquire adult use uh, rights in November of 2020. So this March, this month actually uh, in December marks our 20th consecutive month of operations in the city and for farmhouse wellness. I could go on and on about the experiences during that time um, but tonight I want to talk with you a little about a li little bit different of a subject and that is so social equity as it pertains to the cannabis industry. Farmhouse Wellness is a social equity applicant, uh, both with the city of Grand Rapids and in the state of Michigan. Um, and while the color of my skin may not be one that you would normally associate with social equity and inclusion, I can assure you that having a felony cannabis conviction on my record has left uh, invisible scars, some of which still linger with me to this day. Uh, it's a feeling of handcuffs around my wrist, having hands behind my back, rejection letters from schools where I was once hopeful, 
denial of scholarships because of events in my past, and the look on human resources face when they pull a background check, or being passed over time and time again for a job opportunity. But if there is a silver lining to this, it's the opportunity that I feel that the City Commission has afforded me to open and grow my little business in this city above board and out in the open. Uh, we breathe life into an old dilapidated house. We created 20 taxpaying jobs for this city. And I'm proud to report that over 50% of those jobs uh, are people just like myself who meet the criteria of a social equity applicant and resident in the city of Grand Rapids. So thanks to a great planner, GR Friends of the Park, our neighborhood partners and loads of volunteers, we spearheaded multiple tree plantings along front and wealthy all the way to Indiana and wealthy. And in the spring uh, and summer, there was an artist call that was sent out where we commissioned seven works of art that were commissioned uh, along the West Wealthy Corridor Casey, with major participation sorry, from by park okay. artists in this community. Thank you Thanks. so much. Have a great day. Yeah. All right, others wish be heard. Good evening, my name is Rochelle. I live in the downtown district and I am the community outreach director for Justice for Black Lives. Um, tonight, I just, again, want to reiterate the same things that we've been asking for. Um, defund GRPD down to 32%. I understand that there has been a little bit of movement with the budget there. We do appreciate that, but we're still gonna keep asking. Um, hold officers of GRPD accountable for their violence against BIPOC community members. That one is, again, prevalent this week. It seems like every time we think that, or outside of Grand Rapids thinks that it's not prevalent, GRPD does something else to prove that it still is. Um, drop all charges against peaceful protesters. That's something that really, I feel like the words could be decriminalized using our First Amendment, right? Because I feel like I'm being made into a criminal when I have no background of that. I have nothing on my record. I'm out here for humanity's sake, trying to educate people and continue to educate myself as a white woman in America, only to be made to feel like a criminal for using my voice. Not okay. Um, just like many people have said tonight and we have been saying, call-in needs to be possible for meetings. This is insane that during a pandemic people need to come in and put themselves at risk to be heard. You say that these meetings are open for everyone. I hear you say that at the beginning of every meeting, Mayor Bliss. That's great, but everyone means everyone, not just the people that can be here. Um, declare a climate emergency. We want Grand Rapids to be carbon neutral 
by 2030. That kind of seems like a long time, but it's not. We need to act now, like yesterday. And I also want to say um, black lives matter, every one of them. And it's time that we start acting like it. Thank you. Okay, others wish to be heard? Hi, I'm Mark. I'm from Grand Rapids. Accidental discharge. Really? I've been in the military. I was taught gun safety, how to fire weapons. We never, I never accidentally discharged a weapon. I've been to, I've been to cities like St. Louis, Oklahoma City. I never heard of nothing about accidental discharge. Somebody was almost dead. Not good. They supposed to be trained. Now, police had to be trained. Train and train and train. You have to be 100% real when it comes to firearm safety, period. I don't care what nobody says. I think Chief Payne has been strong-armed by the corrupt police unions here. He knew what the deal was. He just couldn't tell the truth. So somebody has to tell us, so it may well be me. Remove J. Edgar Hoover's name from the National Headquarters of the FBI. Remove George Wallace's name from the Tunnel in Mobile, Alabama. And in closing, I'd like to wish everyone Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. And I hope everybody will be happy and healthy and I'll see you next year. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Mark. All right, others wish to be heard. Hello, Kent County Commissioner Robert S. Womack. Um, working closely with the young man that's, whose uh, father's house was surrounded by police before the uh, accidental uh, discharge went, went off. Um, and he believes in his direction because the bullet landed in his uh, father's house. Um, just wanted to say those of us who are working with him are very happy that the chief did respond quickly. Uh, that helped out in the community to know that there's been a criminal investigation as well as another investigation into that and that he was empathetic to what happened to the young man. And we know that policing is not a perfect job at all. There's no job that is. Um, and when you have these situations, uh, just to see the young man, the things he was asking for, to see those, the ball begin to roll on those things, uh, knowing we got 10 people behind this glass that I know are not for racism, <laughs> they're not for police brutality. We have 10 people back here that I've, I've seen on this commission and a part of this uh, administration that I've seen working hard in that direction. So I just hope uh, the community, we can work with you 
and find some ways to get to where we're headed. But I, I know your heart's in the right direction. And uh, I just want to thank the young people for um, bringing awareness to some of the things that have happened in Grand Rapids for a long time. But I just want to reassure them that we do have people downtown that are working on that 24-7. So that, that's all I wanted to say. And just uh, come down to support you, Mayor Bliss, and all of our commissioners, because I know it's not easy the job you do. And uh, there's a lot of people in the community that appreciate you. And thank you for having this forum open because over the last year, there's been a lot of discussion that 20 years ago, these uh, meetings would have been shut down. And us older ones know that. But you've allowed a lot of opinions to get out here. And I, and I think people know very well where everybody stands and the direction people want to um, go with the city of Grand Rapids. But just someone who's been an activist on the police situation for 20 years, I just want to assure people there is movement. And today, with some of the things the chief said, um, that's proof of that movement. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner. My name is Kirk. I live on stolen Anishinaabe land in the third ward of so-called Grand Rapids. Now, this question is rhetorical, so don't kick me out for asking it. How often have you been afraid for your life? Do you know what that feels like? To fear for your life? Because what concerns me as a citizen, as a member of this community, is that I see you, our commissioners, responding to swearing, I see you responding to emotion. I see you responding to the things that we say to you that make you uncomfortable. That's what I see a response to. What it seems like to me is that you care way more about how people say things than the actual content. Because the actual content is about justice. It's about people's lives. When my friend got in front of you and told you how they pointed guns at his head, what was your response to that? The most I've heard you say is, we hear you. But with all of the injustice that we see from GRPD on a daily basis, I've seen no response from you. I've, I haven't seen you say, hey, that's pretty messed up but th that a cop grabbed you by the neck and threw you to the pavement. That's pretty messed up that you had to fear for your life when you did nothing wrong, when you were never a threat to anyone. I don't see that response from you. I see you concerned because you perceive this group as threatening because the most threatening thing in your life is a bunch of people speaking their mind peacefully. What I am not threatened by is my friend's feelings. I am not threatened by the honesty in their voice. I am not threatened by their justifiable rage against the constant injustice they face on a daily basis. That doesn't threaten me, and never have any of you been unsafe from this group. If this group was unsafe, I would not be a part of it. Do you know what group is unsafe? GRPD. When they have punched, 
sent five people to the hospital, punched people in the ribs, grabbed people by the neck, accidentally shot at someone, pointed guns at people's heads, threatened protests, harassed activists on a daily basis. Where is your concern for that? Why don't you care? Black Lives Matter. Others who wish to be heard? Good evening, Madam Mayor, elected officials, Mr. Washington. My name's Janet Zahn, and I am a resident of the First Ward, um, as well as co-chair of the Grand Rapids Climate Coalition. And I'm here tonight just to start out by saying thank you for the work that has been taking place with regard to climate change. Uh, I have a great appreciation for the city's history of green initiatives and sustainability programs and the goals that have been set. I'm also here to say we need to do more. When we talk about something being a crisis, we have to continually stretch further. And um, as, as one of the leaders of the coalition, I appreciate the opportunity to work with you to support the efforts that are going on and help you stretch further. Particularly, I am interested in seeing that community-wide goal because in a city that has made so much um, effort to make plans and policies around equity, we know that climate justice and social justice are intimately connected. And I'm here to say I understand the frustration and I support the efforts of Justice for Black Lives. I've been here many weeks and heard them tell the same stories. So I think that uh, realigning where some of our money goes to address the, the questions of inequity will help to bring satisfaction to people in our community who are already being impacted by climate change. I would like to also just acknowledge that there's got to be really good scrutiny of contracts coming up that, that we will, that you will, you will have folks in your team who are looking at, if we're making a commitment to equipment, that it is equipment that is not going to be gas powered, that we're looking at electric, we're looking at the things that are going to help us meet the goal that has already been set and to stretch further. Uh, Thanks again for everything you've been doing. Wish everybody happy and healthy holidays and look forward to working together in 2022. Black Thanks. Lives Matter. Thank you. Thank you, Janet. All right, others wish to be heard? Good evening. My name is Tara. I'm 15 years old. I'm a resident of Grand Rapids, um, and I'm an organizer with Sunrise Movement Grand Rapids. Um, I want to start first by reiterating some of the points that, that others have been saying many, many times today. First, the demand to defund GRPD down to 32%. We've heard this over and over at every meeting I've been to, um, and we've heard so many stories, and we really need to see action on this because the, the effects are really detrimental. Um, second, the urge to make these meetings accessible and to provide a call-in option, especially right now. Um, and then the last thing um, is the demand that the city of Grand Rapids commit to 100% carbon neutrality community-wide by 2030. Um, and I wanna talk a little bit uh, more about that because when we look at the climate crisis and when we look at carbon neutrality by 2030 and what that means, that's not 
the end-all be-all. That's not going to all of a sudden fix all our problems getting to carbon neutrality. Um, that's the bare minimum of what we need to be in order to have any sort of chance against this crisis. And I don't say that to like scare us even more about all the work that we have to do. I say that because when we come to you asking for this, we're not asking for this big radical thing. We're asking for the bare minimum. We're asking for, for the, the one thing that we absolutely know that we need in order to give my generation um, and me and the communities that are most um, impacted by, by climate change a chance at survival. And, and the bare minimum, that necessity to get to carbon neutrality by 2030, that timeline um, isn't going to change. The deadline's not gonna just magically get further away the closer we get to it. And so the way I see it, we have two choices. We could choose to take action now and commit to carbon neutrality now, or we can do that in two or three or four years when we're still gonna have that same deadline, but the effects are going to be so much worse and, and the action that it's going to take to get there is going to be so much harder. By that time, it's going to be so much harder to implement. It's going to be so much more expensive. And the more and more and more people are going to be suffering because of your inaction. And it seems to me, when I think about it, that there's an obvious choice there. And so something just must not be clicking. The message must not be getting through because it seems obvious. It seems like this is action that we should be taking now. And then I also think about um, the panic and the fear and despair that comes from living with the climate crisis as a young person that I feel every day. And I have no doubt in my mind, absolutely no doubt, that if all of you lived with that every day, this wouldn't even be a conversation that we're having. It seems like we're asking for a lot, but we're asking um, for, for something really simple, and that's the chance to have a future. We're asking to be able to live in a world that, that, that supports us and that we're able to have that future and those opportunities. Is that too much to ask of the very people whose job it is to protect us? The clock is ticking, we're running out of time, and we need to see action, uh, commitment to 100% carbon neutrality community-wide immediately. Others wish to be heard? Hi, my name is Gloria Cook. I am with um, the Climate Coalition, member of the Second Ward. I also want to reiterate the climate emergency. It is an emergency. And what I really want to, I think the city's been working. I've watched some of the net, uh, next zero presentation and I see where there's been some progress made but I really want you to find a way around some of these regulations that you can't change be the Michael Cohen the fixer find the loopholes find ways around some of these regulations that seem to be absolutely hard to change and nobody knows even where they come from or who controls them and I'm talking about the building codes, the reducing carbon, whatever you can do. This is not the, the time to stay in the lines. This is when you step out. And I guess the other thing is that when I hear so many people say, open up the phone lines, I never hear why you can't. Yeah. And so I would kind of like to hear that. I also would like to see on the web page how you can directly send in a comment because it's like not there. I've written a letter, never get, you know, it's like an impossible thing to do. But I've had people ask me, how do you put in a comment for, for the public? 
When's the deadline? I see you can call it in. No, you can't call it in because when you call, they say you can't call in. So just please make that a little bit clear. And this is the first time I heard that uh, Brianna Taylor's relative was shot at. I, you know, I've been out there and talked to him, and this is, I, I, I don't understand this shooting. You know, they had a cop in Minnesota who mistakenly used a taser. This can happen here. Education, communications with your activists here, and understanding of what other people go through that are not like white like me can go a long way. So I hope you can communications open with this group of people who are really putting your um, toe to the line and, and watching it. So I appreciate them too. Thanks. Thanks, Gloria. All right, I'm going to close that one final comment, and I'm going to close public comment. Hi, my name is Shane. I am the Director of Research and Development for Justice for Black Lives. I didn't want to come today. I really didn't. I honestly don't want to come here very often. Um, but as a citizen, it is what I'm supposed to do. This is supposed to be an open forum where our voices can be heard. However, there's some discrepancies in that. First of all, at the end of every meeting, there is an opportunity for the commissioners to respond to what has been said, to public comment. And it's always very interesting to hear. Last week, it kind of it hit me a little too hard how the lack of response. See, the best I've heard is I hear you. However, when that is only said every once in a while, there's a whole lot of silence. And silence speaks a lot more than I hear you. If you heard me, you'd look at me. If you cared, you would look at the person talking to you about what they go through, any of us. Um, when the kids, the young people come up here and speak, the chances of you all looking at them improves, but yet there's still that disconnect, and that's, that's unfortunate. Um, to reiterate, because I only have a minute, um, we do need a lot more work done on climate. I understand motions have been put into place, but that is very important. That is something that is very vital because that in itself is the earth we live on. Everything else, that's what we do while we have it. If we don't have it, nothing else matters because it doesn't. We're not here to care. That same thing is applied to the activists who come up here and tell you our lives are in danger we are dying in your streets, and they are your streets. They're not ours, unfortunately. We say they're our streets because they should be, but they're not. Because if they were our streets, I wouldn't, I wouldn't choose to get down on my knees with a dozen cops surrounding me with guns in my streets. See, there, see these discrepancies, and I understand you hear us. We don't hear you. That's pretty simple. Um, I voted for you. It was my first election voting. I'm a little, little sad 
to see that no matter how many times I keep coming up here, this is one of the first times you've looked like you might remember my name after. Black Lives Matter. Okay, I'm gonna close that opportunity for public comment. I'll turn to my colleagues. I'll start down here with Commissioner Isasi. Thank you, Mayor. Um, thank you for those who have come out tonight and who have shared other information uh, via messages and emails. Um, I would like us to think about uh, the way that we can make sure that individuals can submit pieces for public comment. So I think those are um, some of the items when we look at whether it has been um, improvement on appointments or their pieces. So I look forward to talking about that with you, Joel, uh, City Clerk. Um, thank you for the presentation today about participatory budgeting. Um, we had an opportunity to talk with some other members and to get other updates from um, Mr. Matthews, and so it was appreciated to kind of hear what were those tension points and what do those tension points present with opportunity. I wanna say thank you to my colleagues on appointments and for uh, Daniel's work to get all of those year-end appointments done and we'll work to get you in that first meeting sort of the updated list and to see what we need to continue to do to move forward with those bodies. So thank you, Commissioner Moody and Commissioner Repart uh, for your work on that. And I hope everyone has a, a safe and um, happy holiday season, whether it's reflection. I know, um, you know, I'll be uh, looking forward to connecting with people in my family and just taking a moment to reflect on this last year, uh, things that I've really appreciated about my time as a commissioner, things that have been frustrating. Um, but at the end, I'm just very grateful and honored to be able to sit here and to serve, and uh, especially with all of you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner. Commissioner Ruppert. Yeah, thanks, Mayor. Thanks for everybody for coming out, for your comments. A couple of things for me. Uh, I was pleased to hear this week that the City of Grand Rapids received the Impact Award from Michigan Works statewide um, for our Higher Reach program. And uh, John Glebensky and Desiree Foster were in the video, and it was the stories that they told about how that pro that program takes bias out of hiring are, are really, really phenomenal, and the outcomes have been great for the city. Um, I also was thankful again that this morning at CD we approved an another round of lead service line replacements. So we're taking on a couple thousand of those a year. And um, and then huge thanks to um, the budget office as well as the comptroller's office for the citizen's guide that they shared with us today. It's very, very accessible and easy to understand in terms of how the city's finances work. And um, and I was, I was pleased to hear that we had a great audit again uh, that's, that takes a lot of discipline from, from, from staff, but also that they're able to distill a, a 600 page book of financial documents into something that's easy to understand for the community, which I appreciate very much. Thanks, thanks for highlighting that, Commissioner. Uh, Commissioner Lanier. Thanks, Mayor, and thanks to everyone who came out and shared remarks this evening. I, I want to piggyback, Commissioner, on your comment about the Citizen's Guide, and I'm hopeful that we can um, get a copy, a few copies of those and make them available maybe at our next meeting, um, because it's a really helpful tool to digest kind of this really large budget book into a format that I think is, is helpful for the public to be able to understand. So if we can do that, um, City Clerk, that would be great. I don't know if we could just place them out in the in the hall when people 
arrive and if they want more maybe they can send requests um, so we can email that out because I just think it's that helpful um, I am you know I, it's it's frequently that we're here and sometimes we hear information um, from the public that we haven't gotten the information on and I think um, the chief's press conference today is probably one of those things um, because it was held today on a day where I personally have had or have been in meetings all day. So I really don't know the outcome of the of the press conference. So it would be great to, um, you know, if there's a link that someone can send, it would be great to, to see that. Um, as been expressed already, I think it is a concern. You know, we live in a city where um, our police department isn't discharging their firearms at all. Um, I don't know when was the last time, you know, if I were to guess maybe eight or 10 years. And so to know that one was discharged accidentally, you know, I think it warrants some dialogue about how that occurred and, you know, possibly what measures we can put in place for prevention. Um, because on the other side of that um, bullet, was, you know, potentially a life. And so, you know, thank God for brick, because that likely, you know, prevented it from penetrating the home. And so I'm just, you know, I'd like more information about the press conference to be able to hear um, more about what the chief was able to say today. And, and I think the other piece is on our agenda during this portion of our meeting, it says comments by commissioners which isn't the same as responses. And so I wanna make sure that there isn't an expectation from us to respond to the co public comments from the public. Now we could choose to, we could choose to, but it isn't a requirement. So what we choose to do is what, we, what we're able to choose during our comments and whether we have some or not is what we can choose to do. Um, so thank you. Thank you, Commissioner. Commissioner O'Connor. It's, it, it is commissioner's turn to speak. I, 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 am, I am very clear. No comment. Okay. Commissioner Jones. Thank you, Mayor. I want to begin by publicly um, apologizing to Shane for the experience that you had with uh, the department where you were held at gunpoint. Um, I apologize because I have uh, <clears throat> those within my family who have experienced um, that and something similar. So I want to apologize to you uh, for that experience. I um, also want to take an opportunity to um, just quickly list some things that I'm, I'm grateful for uh, as we are again are in our last meeting of the of the year. I want to say that I'm really grateful for the implementation of care violence. Uh, it's something that we have been working on as a um, elected body uh, for some years and to have it implemented um, is a very good thing. I know that it's not the answer to um, total reduction of community violence. I tend to believe that that answer lies in a lot of the root causes that have to do with, uh, with crime and lack of opportunity. Um, and so, but, I, but I, I do see it as something that is positive and that can be helpful in our efforts to try to um, reduce uh, community violence. 
Also, I'm grateful for the uh, continued growth of affordable housing units in Grand Rapids. I know that, um, again, that's a that's a, a work that is not easy because uh, of the the uh, the resources that are needed to uh, to actually be able to make the units affordable. And I know that every time we go after uh, dollars uh, from MISTA, uh, low-income housing tax credits, um, it's we're it's a crapshoot because every every other city in, in 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 the state, or many cities in the state, are also going for those same dollars. Um, I'm grateful for the revisions to the surveillance policy, and I want to again publicly thank uh, Clee Jackson and the NAACP and their work uh, for for sticking with it, as well as the folks at uh, ACLU. Uh, I'm grateful that we didn't have any layoffs. Uh, again, this goes back to back in 2020 and the ability to, to carry it through 2021 and have no layoffs within the city. Um, I'm grateful for the mental health co-response model and the fact that that is something that I know many of us have been advocating for and, and pushing for because it uh, it really does help to increase positive outcomes uh, when uh, police are responding to mental health or substance use calls uh, through positive engagement. So I'm really, really grateful for that. and. Uh, I'm grateful for life. Uh, the fact that uh, the fact that I know many, and I know many of us know a lot of folks who aren't with us anymore uh, because of um, either natural causes or uh, this thing called COVID, uh, which is just wreaking havoc havoc in our lives and in our country and in our world. And lastly, I'm just really, really grateful for all of you uh, for having the opportunity to serve with you. Uh, throughout the course of this year. And I do wish everyone a very Merry Christmas, Happy New Year's, and Happy Holidays. Thanks, Commissioner. You hit on some things I was going to talk about, so thank you. Uh, Commissioner Moody? Thank you, Madam Mayor. Um, I am truly concerned about everything that was said tonight, and I thank everybody for their remarks. I think that there are a lot of things that are taking place in our society, especially from climate control to violence to police brutality. But I also believe that I don't want any organization in, in this city to ever think or feel that they're not being heard and that there is something that is not being done. For you may not see us doing things, but there are things being done behind the scenes. And I don't want you to th ever think or any group to ever feel the fact that um, as African-American men, on this diocese that we haven't gone through some of the same things that you're perhaps are talking about. We have. We've been there. Uh, so it may look like that we're not concerned or it may look like that we don't care. We do. We do. Not just in that particular sense, but in all aspects of this city. You know, we got an opioid epidemic that's still going on. Uh, not just among the white community, but among the African American community. We got homelessness, and we're working tirelessly to deal with that. There are a lot of things that we are doing, and it's not to defend us, but it's to let you know that we are concerned. And I just want you to know that. Thank you. I hope that all of you enjoy your holiday season, and I pray that each of you stay safe. Thanks, Commissioner. Uh, City Clerk? Yes, thank you. I wish everybody happy holidays as we... Um spend time with our families and um, and uh, continue our work that we do here at City Hall. All, um, just a couple of things. The um, 
the citizen's guide that was shared by the comptroller today. If you go to the uh, comptroller's um, his website, there is a link to the full to that um, audit report and the citizen's guide. Also, um, if you just want to find it quickly under news, right on the homepage, um, the communications department put that out. But we'll make sure we have some copies. And then um, for contacting the city commission, like when you re hear me read petitions and communications, um, those are emails that are sent to uh, city clerk at gr city. Us and um, we can make that a little bit clearer. Um, so if you address it to the mayor and commissioners, it goes to city clerk at grcity.us. We'll share that under petitions and commissions. We make copies of that for the commission, so they they all get copies of that as well. And it's also part of the packet. Um, and then also anytime that there's any kind of um, um, say a um, online petition or online thing there was one that came out about affordable housing committee so that was on the petition commission last time so we give a, it was a form letter but i made sure that the commission had the form letter and then a list of all the people who sent that and we've had it for other topics as well so those are those are one of the options but we can look at how we put that underneath the city commission um page of how to make that a little more clear great thank you city clerk appreciate that uh city attorney Thank you. I want to wish everyone a happy holiday as well. And I want to echo something that Commissioner Moody said. You know, a lot of us, we, if we haven't been through the experience, we have people close to us that have been through some of the experiences that you talk about. And, I, and I'd like to also echo what you said about we, we are doing things. You don't necessarily see all the things that we're doing and the things that are in process. And just like we didn't get here overnight, we're probably not going to get out of it overnight. But we have some, um, I think some, I've been in Grand Rapids forever, and we have more people in, of color and leadership than ever in the history of the city. And so we are working, and we are hearing you, and we are taking action. And I, too, apologize for some of the experiences that people have had and invite you as well if there's any um, question about um, the laws, certainly contact our office. And I know Commissioner Lanier said um, she didn't hear the conference. For those that didn't hear the, the, conf the press conference, um, there's going to be an independent investigation outside of the Grand Rapids Police Department. And so um, just have that insurance that there will be other eyes on this to um, review the actions of that day. Thank you. Thank you, city attorney. City manager. Thank, <clears throat> thank you, uh, mayor, commissioners, uh, and the staff for, for your work today. Um, there, there are 20,000 almost cities that are incorporated with uh, populations of 10,000, and I very much appreciate being at this one. So thank you for given me an opportunity to uh, continue to serve uh, the people of uh, Grand Rapids and uh, work with uh, the very talented employees that we have in our organization. Um, lots, of, lots of good things um, that I appreciate you did today in, in terms of continued community engagements with your almost 50 different appointments uh, to the various boards and commissions. Uh, the continued uh, support for uh, micro-local businesses and minority business development with uh, the, uh, their certification efforts and support uh, for that technical assistance. 
uh, to the uh, allocation of funding for lead service line replacements that will result in um, almost 300, over 300 service lines being replaced from <coughs> the home to the box uh, on the private side, as well as the briefing from the Parks Department today about uh, the Parks Master Plan and the use of uh, some of the public spaces and parkland acquisition, and uh, I won't highlight some of the other things I heard, but I do want to thank um, our um, partners with NAACP as well for uh, being persistent, but also um, uh, partnering with us on policy development to improve uh, transparency around surveillance. And uh, we know that uh, surveillance is, is uh, a part of technology that we need for accountability and transparency, but we need to do it in a way that is uh, very uh, responsible. And for the very matter that uh, I heard tonight about the incident, uh, without uh, body cameras and other areas of surveillance, it would be uh, uh, difficult to have documentation of what what happened and so it's necessary we want to do it responsibly and i think commissioner womack earlier spoke uh and the city attorney spoke very uh, frankly about uh the incident that happened at this point uh, the chief is uh continuing to do his due diligence and review and i like him want to get to the bottom of what happened and make sure that there is uh uh, good transparency and, and accountability for whatever happened. So uh, happy holidays to everyone. And, um, you know, this is going to be, um, it's going to be different, different holiday for, for many of us, including myself. So thank you. Thank you, city manager. And I'll just end and uh, say how much I appreciate our four appointed officials. I look forward to working with you uh, in the years ahead. Uh, and with that, I hope everyone has a happy holiday.